a disclaimer for this episode. Gabby was traveling over the holidays while we recorded this, so her audio is not the best, but we hope you still enjoy it. And a trigger warning, we will be discussing themes of mental illness, self-harm, and sexual abuse. It's also like the 60s, so there's the whole women's revolution going on, and she doesn't want to end up like her mother being a housewife, like she wants more of her life, but she doesn't know what, so she's kind of lost. She reminded me of when we watched The Graduate, uh, she reminded me of Ben. She reminded me a lot of that character too, but it was like the female perspective, you end up in a sight word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to Three Ways from Sunday. I am Laura. Here's Gabby. Anna Mariana. And today we'll be talking about mental institutions in films, especially in the film Snake Pit, Girl Interrupted, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So I think we should get into it right away. <laughs> so, first of all, we have to understand how the mental institution is seen through each film. So um, maybe we can start with the Snake Pit because it's the oldest film of the three. This is the peak of mental institutions. And they, they actually, like the film shows, an overcrowded mental institution because there's just too many patients and they don't even know what to do with them. So we see all the myths <laughs> that you find in mental institutions, which is uh, the treatments with electroshock, um, medicine, mm, straight jackets, etc., etc. So that's like the 40s and mental institutions. I think this, the next one is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. How does the movie portray the mental institution itself? And the way it's portrayed is as a jail, like where dreams and joy is sucked out of you for the sadistic enjoyment of one very particular nurse. So yeah, that's, I think it's pretty much a prison. In Girl Interrupted, the institution is, I don't think it's presented in a bad light. I mean, there are the, you know, the, uh, the, this weird treatments of shock therapy and the straitjackets, but the movie has a sense that this is a place that's trying to help you. I feel, and she does get help. The, the protagonist, like she improves or get, try, gets better by the end of her year at this institution. So I don't, I don't think it's like presented as in such a bad light, like, oh, this is a horrible place. But it is, it is still uh, not, you know, you don't want to be there all your life. That, that's not the idea or the goal. Um, what do you think Hollywood uh, sees mental institutions like? I truly believe in general, in Hollywood, mental institutions are just like a way to portray otherness. In that sense, perhaps something that's seen as out of the norm, marginalized, or maybe even go as far as the word uh, freak. And that very much presents itself in, in a lot of horror movies. That, that we have about mental institutions and, and their these movies are called the asylum or like the insane, I don't know, like these names are, are very incendiary and evocative of, of this place where the freaks are at and you don't want to be there and, and come look at this terrible, terrible, insane people and they're the craziness of it. And that's, that's very damaging to, to our society, in my opinion, because obviously these places are not amazing. It, most of all, we have examples of what a state-funded institution is like in, uh, in the snake, snake pit. And then like private, really fancy institutions like the one in Girl Interrupted. So obviously these places are not perfect, but they, they, what they don't need is to be seen as like a place deemed of a horror movie, like <laughs> worthy of a of a horror, the horror genre. 
what they need is like critical opinions and critical thinking behind them in a way that is conducive to improvement. I feel that Hollywood also uses this type of films as a showcase of acting. Like, oh, this is amazing acting because you are a maniac or a sociopath or a psychopath or a depressed person. So it's like, you you do want to get this far because it's, you know, you're going to get like this juicy role with a crazy person. <laughs> so I feel like I use it for that too. Well, that, what you're saying reminds me of like that movie with M. Night Shyamalan with um, James McAvoy. Split? Mm, oh, yeah, that Split. one. Yes. Because, yeah, like each time a person does uh, multiple personality disorder, sociopath, um, all of that, uh, it's, yeah, the Oscars, just like the, the awards are, are coming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I feel that. There is an excuse to do that. And on Girl Interrupted, the, the role was such a, the role of Susanna and the role of Lisa was a coveted role. And a lot of actresses um, wanted it, like Reese Witherspoon, Katie Holmes, um, Kate Hudson, Christina Ricci. Like they wanted these roles. Did they fight for it? How did Winona Ryder work? I mean, they auditioned for it. <laughs> Sounds like, like a pit. Um, I do agree that uh, not only mental institutions, but also like crazy people, in quotation marks, is used a lot by Hollywood to like cause horror and just to scare people because it's the unknown. So people like make a gap between I'm normal and like crazy people are not normal. And so I agree with that. Especially because it's like crazy people are dangerous. Mm -hmm. That's that's the thing. Like these are these are people that can murder you or rape you or something. I do wanted to mention that I think that that stigma comes from the same like conception of society as well, like of crazy people. Like if we go back to the snake pit, which is in the forties, that there was a time in which like mental issues were still treated like mental illness and like crazy people. So I think it correlates a little bit with that and with the conception we have changed through times that mental, that is not exactly mental illness, but it's more like mental health and different ways of people dealing with issues. And getting rid of that stigma, just, you know, dropping that. Mm -hmm. So for example, in the snake peek, I think uh, the people that made the film tried to to denounce uh, mental institutions and, for example, overcrowding and the treatment uh, patients were getting. Underfunding. Exactly. Also that. And so there's like the beginning of a criticism there in that film. I don't know if you find that in Girl Interrupted and in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Well... In, on Girl Interrupted, the the main character, Winona Ryder's character, Susanna, she is a rich girl. So she's going to this institution that is a private institution and it's um, very well funded. And there's very few people in her ward even. It's like uh, like six girls, maybe. And so I, it's completely, the situation is very manageable, I guess. But I don't know, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> the, the place is well funded and so I feel like it it doesn't it's not like criticizing it that much because it's a rich people's place yeah I do believe that in Girl Interrupted there's more uh, critic of uh, the use of medicine to treat mental illness maybe yeah because they're, they're always getting these pills that they don't know what they're for and they just like just take them and they don't and that's in I think in that's in all three of our movies. They yeah. keep getting these pills that we, we, they don't know what they're for. And the person's always like, what for? Just take it. Just, just take, take it. it. Yeah. That, I, I find that just so horrible. Like, I'm putting something in my body and you're not telling me what it is? Like, what? How can that be right? But that's part of the correlation between uh, treating mental health issues as if they were an organic illness, you know, like your brain is the one that is sick and not your mind. So you can see that in the snake pit as well with electroshocks. That's a treatment that's 
Like we have to fix something in your body for you to be alright. I I found that very very interesting. The snake pit that the the doctor is very sympathetic. Her doctor, Doctor Kick is like a, this very noble man who's trying to help her and oh i'm just using the shocks to try to get to her to try to communicate with her and in, try to reach her and they work like in the movie the shocks make her like snap out of her disease or something <laughs> yes. and they actually work which is like horrible but then the i think the i don't know the argument the the main argument yeah the snake pit is promoting is more around psychotherapy and psychoanalysis. So they actually believe the cure is in therapy and speaking through it. So that's like a little bit of the change. It's also what they emphasize in Girl Interrupted. On Girl Interrupted, the mental institution is a is a a place where she gets to grow up. So I guess it's kind of a. She's put in this situation where she has to literally grow up or she's not going to be able to get out of it. Like a, a rite of passage, would you say? It, it's almost, yeah, it's almost like this, because this experience changes her life, like it changes her forever. And so I feel like this moment made her, it's kind of a coming of age that through this institution, through being institutionalized, like she gets to grow up. So it's it's a way, it's a place where she met friends, she had a lot of different experiences and made her grow up, I guess. Okay, so it has a more of a positive connotation than, than in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, obviously. Because she does get the help that, that she needs and, and she gets better, at least perspective-wise. She, you know, she wants to live life and, and you know, it, it ends on a positive note. I think it's similar to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because Virginia, the main character, constantly says or like feels like she's in jail, you know, like she's imprisoned and there are like doors with locks and like places she is forced to be in. And well, the whole name of the film is a metaphor of like a conception of a mental institution that if you were thrown into a snake pit, literally, like that will wake you up from the insanity and make you sane. So and then and it's a pit. So that also like resembles the cave, like jail, like so yeah, it's something similar like that. But I mean, now that we get into it, I think we can uh, talk a little bit about the main characters and why are they in the mental institutions? What is their process through it? I think I'm going to start with that one because my character is the only male one. And so then you guys can bounce off of each other with the female characters, I believe. And I'll just like stay to the side with Mike Murphy. The main character one flew over the, over the Christmas nest is Mac Murphy, played by Jack Nicholson. So yeah, basically he's the personification of, of pure, hot-blooded masculinity. And then he enters this place where that very obviously lacks masculinity. <laughs> I'm All sorry, I'm not dominated. <laughs> I just I need to make a the caveat that uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is an incredibly sexist book and play and film, and it's all very contrived, very very extremely contrived for like male victimization, white male victimization. <laughs> and you can watch it like, and it's very engaging in the sense that oh my god, these four men and they're they're victims. And you can watch it like that, it's very interesting and engaging, as I said. Or you can watch it like a little bit laid back and more of like, what? <laughs> are you gonna have me believe that all of these men are oppressed by two women and three black men? <laughs> I know, I know you're right. I know. <laughs> so, but anyways, other than that, McMurphy. Um, McMurphy comes into the ward, the male, the male ward place. I don't know what, what you call it and and he just came from a prison but he pretended to be like a little bit insane to get in order to get to move to this other place and spend I think the, his last three months there have a, like a nice time and then just go so what happens in that place is that it is very regulated and controlled by, by female and uh, female people and white people of color and <laughs> yeah and the minority are the white guys the ones without power 
the one thing about power are the, all of these uh, white men are very either either they're gonna be short uh, or they're gonna be old or they're gonna be fat and if they're tall then they're gonna be skinny nobody there is <laughs> like a, a, a jock like has like a, a jock for a body type except yeah. the chief but the chief is the most emasculated man in the entire prison <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's funny, I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. So, McMurphy comes into the place and he revitalizes everyone. And, and just like, he reminds them what it feels like to be men and to, and to <laughs> want women and to want to watch sports and play cards and smoke and do whatever you want without women oppressing you because that's that the society they specifically live in <laughs> and of it's very endearing and all of that you can again again there are two ways to watch this film in one you can be like truly engaged and the other one you just have to be constantly with that one of your eyebrows up like the 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 f am i watching right now like what <laughs> but the one version where everything is very engaging he you know he teaches this man about like standing up for themselves and you're like oh you know that like brotherhood and stuff like that yeah <laughs> yeah but then you step back and it's like what the hell yeah <laughs> i think then it's, we should talk about uh susana in girl interrupted because it's like how like you say contemporary like it's also from the 60s mental institutions but in a women's world <laughs> so Um, so, Girl Interrupted stars Winona Ryder as Susanna Kaysen. And Susanna Kaysen is the real-life author of her memoir, Girl Interrupted, where she describes her experience in a psych ward. So, this is based on a true story. And Susanna Kaysen is a rich girl from Boston that tried to commit suicide. She took a bunch of... Um, What was it? Pills? Aspirin. Pills? Um, Aspirin. Aspirins. And then she chased them down with a vodka, a whole, bottle a whole bottle of vodka. So she gets, she obviously, you know, she gets institutionalized. And, but this institution, again, it's, you know, a private place. And she is, I felt like a little bit, like she's lost. Like she just graduated high school. But she has no clear goals of what to do. She's not going to college. It's also like the 60s. So there's the whole women's revolution going on. And she doesn't want to end up like her mother being a housewife. Like she wants more of her life, but she doesn't know what. So she's kind of lost. She reminded me of when we watched The Graduate. Uh, she reminded me of hmm. Ben. She reminded me a lot of that character too. But it was like the female perspective you get, you end up in a sight word. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know that's, what to do with your life, yeah. if you're lost at a, she was 17, by the way, she was 17. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you like, take it easy. You're so young. <laughs> well, Ben didn't try to kill himself. Ben just went and had sex with a married woman. <laughs> Um, so she uh, enters this institution, and by the way, was anybody gonna tell me Whoopi Goldberg was oh in this God, movie? Oh my God, yes. When I saw her, I was like, what? Whoopi's there? And was anybody gonna tell me Jared Leto was in this movie? And Elizabeth Moss? Elizabeth Moss, I didn't recognize her at all. And Brittany Murphy? Yeah. Oh, rest in peace, rest in peace. And Vanessa freaking Redgrave? Was anybody gonna tell me they were in the movie? I just had to find out when I watched it. <laughs> I was like, all of these people, this cast was like amazing. <laughs> what a cast, oh, what a cast. Okay. Uh, so I was like, oh, that's okay. Whatever. I got that's excited true. about it. Um, Wait, I should, I should fangirl about my movie. It had Danny DeVito, super young. I know. And, he was and, so and the guy from Back to the Future. <gasps> that's, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what's his name? What's his name? I don't remember. I Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Yes. <laughs> I didn't anyway, recognize Danny DeVito. He was, I guess, I'm very used to seeing him as an old man. So I didn't, <laughs> kind of didn't. Post Matilda, you know. Yeah, post Matilda's <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
um so she enters this institution and she i think she forms kind of a community like she has girlfriends finally she has friends and and overall i mean it's not like this is like a romantic version of an institution but overall she has uh a, a, an enriching experience i would say i don't know overall you know without i mean <laughs> well, obviously there's ups and downs with some like obviously. traumatic experience I mean, splattered around but yeah some, sure so yeah uh, a lot of stuff happens but overall it's a positive you know experience i do see i do think she has a really good therapist and she helps her a lot like by the end of it So that's mostly where I think the positive experience comes from. But what I found really great about this movie is that she she couldn't get better until she wanted to get yeah. better. And they said you have to let people help you. And that's true. You're not gonna nobody's gonna get better if they don't want. To. And that's actually something really uh, something really interesting to think in comparison with mental institutions because most people that. Uh, are put into mental institutions are kind of forced into them you know like taken to control yes. them and what you say is very right which is very different in in one flew over the cuckoo's nest but that's just to show that the the, the bottom of the pit of emasculation from these men like they're just like <laughs> cells of a, of a of a of the semblance of the shadow of a man <laughs> Okay, but also like that's something that it's used a lot in legal situations when men are accused of something and they want to avoid jail, so they fake being crazy to get into mental institutions. So I think that's also like a different. Well, but he did exactly. it like after the fact. <laughs> he he actually, used it um, abnormally in in the prison, not not before during a trial or anything like that. And the other thing, he's he's in prison for statutory rape. Yes, yes. He of is. a what was it? A fifteen-year-old. Oh my god! A fifteen-year-old girl, child. Like when you see that comparison between like our only male character and our female characters that instead are like in huge distress, like <laughs> going to traumatic events. Gabby, what do you think? Like the reason he's put in jail is that he raped a, a, a child. And is that to to like he's such a man that he he's a rapist? Is that the thing? Um, he does say something like like she wanted it, you know, like it was consensual. So and and I and we talked about this topic before that men for some reason write scenes of little girls like being attracted to them and then they reject them and that that means that they're a cool man they're like oh this is a cool dude and when did we talk about yeah, that because he didn't oh in child. the graduate <laughs> no oh in in <laughs> um self-finance movie yeah yes yes that that's episode true nine? eight episode eight. eight go on and, and listen to it anyway so i do think there's a correlation uh here with that that he's like a man's man because he has sex with a kid i do think because yeah, he gloats gross. about it he does he doesn't seem ashamed of it at all not at all he's like gloating mm, that's awful. i found that so disgusting it's very it's very disturbing this movie <laughs> i guess it's very much like about symbology of male uh oppression like a, a, a contrived male oppression And so it's very funny for me to watch it uh, now uh, as I'm an adult because I've read this book when I was, I think, 16. And I was just very engaged in the, why is Nurse, Nurse Ratched mistreating these poor people? And and in reading it in that sense, very, it is very entertaining and engaging. But right now as an adult, I'm just like, you know, rolling my eyes at the whole thing because it's so 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 very much contrived everything is perfectly yeah. made that so that these men are particularly oppressed by two women and three black men and the woman is very sadistic and she enjoys to emasculate them in a way that's beyond anything reasonable and let's remember that uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest is the only one based on fiction <laughs> while the other two 
it's, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, so yeah, it is very listeners. manipulated. Please say, like, yeah, this is important. What a lot of people reported. This is fiction. I am not mm-hmm. laughing at men being emasculated because <laughs> I'm like an evil person because men, emasculated men, it's, it's sad. You know, they need help. Um, I'm laughing because this is, yeah, again, I'm going to use the same word. This is contrived. This manufactured to be that way <laughs> and fake. Fiction. Yeah. But there's well, I think meaning that's a good it. segue. There's still meaning that you can gather from it because fiction is still meaningful. Of course. Um, in the, well, the snake bit is based on a, also on a memoir yes. of a woman. Virginia. Yes. And Virginia is her main character. And so <laughs> I think it's a good middle ground between Girl Interrupted and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because even though it's based on a memoir, Uh, there are many fictionalized Elements. situations in the film. Yeah. Yes. Aspects. Especially yeah. regarding her illness and the origins of her illness that I think we should talk about. But first, Virginia. So, <laughs> Virginia I love Olivia de Havilland. I adore her. <laughs> the great. Oh, yeah. She's so good. I, I really like she was a good actress. She's and amazing. Laura, those little cubs in, in, in Little Women and you know she's gonna die and your heart is wrecking. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, and she really like, visit, great. visited a lot of mental institutions doing research for this character and like really got into it. Uh, but Virginia is a writer <laughs> in the 40s and she meets a guy named Robert and Basically, she starts behaving strangely in at some point and she forgets who he is and starts attacking him and he gets worried and takes her to a state mental institution. And that's the story we see, like her journey through the mental institution and through getting better because by the end she does, like, recovers, goes back to Roberts. To normal life. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> um, So I think it's very interesting that she's a woman in this particular film because the whole explanation behind her sickness is very Freudian. So we have to get into Freud. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you need to know two things about me. And one is that I study psychology. And the second one is that I hate Freud <laughs> because I study psychology. <laughs> <laughs> And I think those two things are correlated. Yes. Very much so. <laughs> And they are correlated to my opinion of this film because I was very upset um, behind the whole explanation of her being sick because it was, again, very male-oriented. Um, so that's why the explanation behind her illness like just didn't do it for me because it's very contrived. It's the new word we learn. That's the word of the day. <laughs> That's the word of the day. Yeah, it's, it's manufactured. So the memoir of Mary Jane, which is the author of the book, she's very like telling her personal experience of having a mental illness and being in a mental institution. But it's very like what she felt and then what she felt when she left. But she never gets into what caused her illness or, you know, how she get cured. But in the movie, we see that very well, like explicitly. We actually have scenes, like flashbacks of what happened. And it's basically what you know as that issue. All made up. <laughs> And what Freud knows as Oedipus complex. So, I they think it's create a very male story. explanation of a, of a yes. female. Yes, it um, is. Experience. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which, that's what <laughs> Freud was, wasn't he? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> Women are hysterical. I, yeah, I definitely don't think Freud is valid to understand female mental, female minds and female sexuality. I think both he got it wrong and very wrong. <laughs> But in this, in this movie, you can see like the whole creation of Virginia having daddy issues and she, like trying to overcome them but failing because her father dies and then she get, like falls for a guy that looks like her dad and he also was it the same actor by the way was that the no, same actor no but he looks so similar he looks so to me I watched it without knowing that whole part was made up and I was more like in this 
vibe of, oh, I mean, what a cliche problem, but if that's what she was going through, then that's what she was going through. You know, that's her truth. Okay. I think that's the main <laughs> issue. Actually, but it wasn't. <laughs> that's the main issue with uh, Freud theory that it's sell to you like it's real. So he sells to you that we all have this Oedipus complex and that we are all traumatized when we we're born. And it's all fiction. Like he creates, <laughs> he created all this. So it's very dangerous to use this to treat mental health and mental issues in women. <laughs> But um, by the way, uh, ni neither Ari or I know what we're talking about. But Laura does. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I have to study my hate of Freud with like sources and arguments. <laughs> But uh, I think with Virginia, so she leaves the institution at the end. And what we get um, told in the film is that she does so thanks to psychoanalysis because the doctor uh, treats her through therapy and they talk through and they, they discover the origin of her illness. And she's like, oh, I I'm cured because I know why I'm traumatized. <laughs> like, it doesn't work like that, but it works for me. Yes, it seemed like it was. Oh, I found out why, so now I'm better? Yes, no, it <laughs> doesn't work. And I actually want to quote, because Girl Interrupted, I think, mocks that idea of psychoanalysis. There's a, yes. there's like a part in which they are discussing uh, why they are there and how to live. And one of the patients tells Susana... And Lisa. Yes, yes, Lisa. That you know you just have to tell all your secrets and then you're off <laughs> and then Susanna the more her, secrets you tell mm -hmm. then you're gonna be free <laughs> and then she tells her like what if you don't have secrets <laughs> how do I live and I think that's the core of the problem with the snake bit you know like everything is so manufactured to have a secret hidden motive of your illness that it looks very easy to fix you know oh so that's why and then you leave <laughs> and If we go back to masculinity and female characters, I think this is also a really interesting film to study because part of her cure is going back to domesticity, you know, to her husband, to being a woman in a house, to have like a solve family problem. And usually when she's in therapy, like uh, Dr. Kik, which is uh, her main doctor, tells her that she has an issue with loving men, that that's the origin of her illness, <laughs> that know. you don't know how to love men, which is like, no. So, yeah, if you have, I think it's interesting to see mental illness in women versus men and in these films. There's something I want to touch upon here, and it's that mental illness is very gendered. And when I say mental illness, like, please just like, put quotation marks <laughs> um like even just like if you like someone from the same sex then that apparently you're mentally ill well according to um these movies that were set in the 60s and in the 40s uh if you eat too much or eat very little then as a woman you're sick If, if, if as a man you, you, you don't have self-confidence you're, and you're not assertive, then you're sick. And it almost feels like like you're at a Toys <laughs> R Us aisle and there's like a, a blue aisle of mental illness and a pink aisle of people yeah. with mental illness. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there's actually a joke in the internet, I think, <laughs> that is like a doctor from the 40s. Ma'am, I diagnose, I diagnose you with being women. You know, <laughs> I just don't understand what's going on. So you more, you must be ill. <laughs> And I think a lot, I laugh like a I lot of, cry. yeah, but a lot of issues in the 40s and 60s, like regarding women were not like real women personal issues, but most societal issues that just, you know, it was easier to put you in a mental institution than to actually understand what was Help going you. on. Yeah. There's a scene where they, on Girl Interrupted, where they all go to the to the doctor's office to get their files. And every one of them read their files. And Lisa, Angelina Jolie's character, is a sociopath. And she reads that aloud and another girl says, oh, I have that. And she's like, no, you don't. You're, you ju you're just gay. Or like, you're just... <laughs> 
I think she says dyke, but I don't want to say the word dyke. Is that no, wait, is that gay. Lena Dunham? Because she no, looks Lina so Dunham familiar. Worse than alive. Oh my god, she looks exactly like. Her. <laughs> no, well, she was alive, but she looks like I don't know, like eight. You made me I was, I was like doubting water, the whole time, but... and you made me spit it all over my computer. <laughs> All sorry, my sorry. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> was I was actually curious about it. I know you asked me no seriousness, but then you know, then I connected the dots because that's a comedian. That actress is a, a comedian, but I know her. I've seen her before or after, and then I think back on Lena Dunham, and Lena Dunham does look like that. <laughs> And then, you know, I can't help but yeah, laugh. Yeah, especially the haircut. The haircut. Yeah. And the expression. I'm, yeah. I'm being a little bit <laughs> Oh my God, I gotta try Yeah, but no, that's that's not her. That's not her. <laughs> oh, good to know. <laughs> no, no. Lena Dunham I mean, was probably like a, a child. Like, like eight years old or something. <laughs> okay. I was like, she wasn't alive. Yeah, no, like, no wait, she was, because it was 1999. <laughs> Okay, whatever. So back to <laughs> so the I want to say, like, like that girl, for example, was in the institution for being gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so, part of know, the... That was her issue. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, in Girl Interrupted, there's also, like, the, men, uh, the eating disorders, which are also very targeted to women. Hey, how about we talk about antagonists in the film? I think we could start with snake pits. I think the main antagonist, besides the mental institutions, uh, it's usually the nurse. There's a specific nurse that Virginia doesn't like when she's going for electroshocks. And then the nurse has no idea. And from then on, they hate each other. And I don't know what's the need of putting like an evil woman in these cases, like that they don't have empathy. So for me, that's like the figure in the film. To me, when I, uh, when that character that you're talking about, whose name I can't remember, uh, was can introduced, she was about to give, uh, Virginia another session of electroshock, even though Dr. Tick has said to put her off of it. And Dr. Tick comes in and says, what are you doing? Stop it. She's off of it. And she answers very, and I, I really liked her answer. She was like, I work. I supervise this, I have to look over this other thing. I am a very busy woman. Do you think I have time to look over everybody's parts before do, doing the electroshock? And then I was like, obviously I watched this films with my husband and I was like, oh, look at this answer. Like she's not the evil character here, like ha. I hate the person with mental illness and I'm gonna mistreat them. She is being this way because Overworked. of an institutionalized problem. Later on in the movie, she does turn into the evil nurse. And I have to swallow yeah. my words <laughs> if I hate doing in front of my husband. He always makes me do that. And, <laughs> and I was like, God darn it. Like, I, why couldn't she remain like a mature person that is just like fighting against the system and trying to do her best, but inevitably, because they're underfunded and overcrowded, it becomes this way. No, she couldn't yes. say like that at all. <laughs> but, like, I, I will take your position a little bit that there is another character of a nurse that is actually also a patient, because she did get overworked, and like so much that she, like, became, became insane. insane. In quotation marks. <laughs> but, um, so I think they did try to make a criticism with her, but not with the other nurse. <laughs> but I think you should explain like what happened that she's evil just for the sake of being evil, because you haven't said the reason. The real reason <laughs> she's mean is because apparently she's in love with Dr. King. <laughs> so Virginia let her know. <laughs> you can't be laughing, I can't take that out. <laughs> No, but it's funny. Wait, I'm going to laugh because that's ridiculous. Like, okay, okay. She also have like this jealousy fight with Virginia because Dr. Kick really like Virginia and like give her benefits with the typewriter, etc. So I guess she's jealous. And that's why the filmmakers were trying to do. Like, and worst of all, Virginia mean. calls her out on it. 
Because you're jealous. Yeah, yes, she does. She tells her, oh, you're in love with him. And there, That's true. like, she loses it. And she takes Virginia from war number one to war number 37, I think. Something like that. Something crazy. And I was <laughs> like, what? To snake pit. <laughs> to, like, the one that makes her wake up because there are so many, like, crazy people that she says they make me sane or something like that. Uh, with one flew over the cuckoo's nest, you have the iconic, the incomparable Nurse Ratched. Um, the woman that they made a whole series about. On Netflix. <laughs> that has nothing to do with her. By the way, I tried watching that, uh, like the first episode, I tried watching it to prepare for this. Maybe to comment on it. And the moment Sarah, uh, Sarah Paulson is gorgeous, by the way. And the moment I she steps out of that car, like looking radiant and beautiful and magnificent and makeup, her makeup was perfect. Her outfit was amazing. I was like, this is not Nurse Ratchet. This is some Ryan Murphy stuff. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> turn it off, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I don't trust Ryan Murphy's productions. Like, Nurse Ratchet doesn't even put on makeup. Like, who is this person? <laughs> Anyway, maybe it's like an origin story from, from instead from rags to riches to from riches to rags. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she got her hair done. I mean, that, that, all oh, that, that hairdo is a choice. Oh, yeah. But that's it. But no makeup. <laughs> and she's very clean and, uh, in, and very, I don't think there's any vanity in her other than in, in when it comes to her appearance. Uh, yes. There's obviously vanity when it comes to like having power and seeming aggressive and and controlling. Anyways, so Nurse Ratched is. Uh, I told you guys that Mark Murphy would be the personification of virility and masculinity, and in that sense, his counterpart, Nurse Ratched, is the personification of female oppression. What is female oppression? I ask. Um, the movie tells us that it comes as a quiet woman that always has the right thing to say in order to manipulate you and make you feel inadequate and little and she gets so much pleasure off of it i just want to say nurse nurse ratchet is on the list of a hundred villains on the american film institute the best hundred villains she's number five and 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 rightfully so because she is amazing and the actors won the oscar for it and it's an amazing role because she is constrained in her anger and control and her voice and everything about her is so restrained and and controlled and it's great she's very controlling she has well mcmurphy even refers to her control over the world as a fascist Fate or something like that. I believe Wynonna also does that in Girl Interrupted. And it's very sad to see the way that she is obviously not making this man better, but um, maintaining their condition so that she can exert control over them. Um, she has no intention of them leaving. If they leave, she has no one to control. And I, the other thing about her would be that if you read all of the words she says, if you just read them and picture someone nicer in your mind, she never does anything that you could like pinpoint as, oh, look, she's the villain. Like you could actually read her as a perhaps normal person perhaps like a person that means well because all of her lines are like just pleasant and good and and you know just normal rational rational yes she, she wants for example i just to give you an example mike murphy is supposed to leave in like two months he's out you know and the board is discussing his case in quotation marks because he's not he's not mentally ill well i mean he is mentally ill but not like clinically mentally ill in my opinion anyways um they're discussing him and she says i don't think she sh he should leave when we can um make a positive change in his life and help him and i think he should stay so that we can help him something like that and her words are very much like oh that's so nice 
But she you cares. know, you know that she is wants him to stay there as punishment and to keep torturing him. So it's a very, 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 it's an excellent villain in my opinion, and and rightfully like the fifth place. I don't know who's the fourth or the third or the second or the first. I'm guessing Darth, Darth Vader. Vader is somewhere in there. Hannibal Lecter. Okay, yeah. I mean, I do think he's up there with those type of fellas. On Girl Interrupted, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, what? Lisa. I mean, yeah, the villain would be Lisa. Lisa. Yes. But I don't know. I, the I, antagonist. Lisa is the antagonist, but I wouldn't say she's like a villain per se. But she is the antagonist in the sense that um, she she's a foil to Winona's character because Lisa is a sociopath and she's very charismatic and she's very she's kind of what I think Susanna wishes to be the kind of woman that you know she's self possessed she says what she wants so she's very confident so I think in that case she's a foil to Winona Ryder's character. Susanna and Jamila Jolie special did an amazing job in this film. She won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, and I think it's a an iconic role that she got. Because again, the character is just very. She's like if you had no filter whatsoever, if you just did whatever you wanted, anytime you wanted, and you had no thought of consequences at all. So imagine just being so free that you just say whatever you want um but obviously this this causes a lot of problems because she pushes the buttons of all the girls in the ward and she i i think she drives uh Brittany murphy's character to suicide which was so hard such a really horrible scene but she she knows how to get to you like she knows what what's your issue and she's gonna push you and because she enjoys that she's like I don't know. She gets a pleasure of knowing that she got to you. So she's the antagonist of the film, and and it's you know marvelously played by Angelina Jolie. I do want to comment a bit on what you were saying about Rashid and she being so controlling. And I want to make a fast comment that I've seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest many times, mostly while studying psychology. Like I was forced in different classes to watch it. Like it was homework. Really? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you can learn about psychology without film. This was a film that you watched in psychology classes? Why? It's fiction. Yeah, but that was where I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I think it was mostly to understand the history of psychology versus psychiatry and that mental institutions are very like a medical solution to mental health issues. And what I was going to is that mental institutions are also a control system, you know, like they are devised to control like people that are out of the normal or normal. So I think like Ratchet, what you were saying is like very much the representation of this control and like someone that just wants to have extra uh, power. power exactly over people. And that is uh, like a little bit of history of psychology and mental health <laughs> treatment. And I think as a matter of like finishing this episode as well, I wanted to discuss with you a little bit of um, like mental health and the differences between what mental institution understands as crazy, which and Hollywood as well, which was like our beginning and what like the contemporary discussion is. I guess mostly through my experience, but also like your perceptions, like if you have seen a change in films, because the like the most recent one we are discussing is Girl Interrupted and it's still like film in the 90s, but a story from the 60s. So yeah. like <laughs> there's a lot of change. What do you think <laughs> in general? I think uh, I'm afraid that maybe we're turning back. I know that this snake kid was revolutionary in a sense because it was the first time in Hollywood that they took on such a serious topic with the seriousness that it deserves and then you have Ratchet on Netflix and like I read some reviews I watched some people reviewing it too and I haven't watched it I don't think I will watch it because it's not my cup of tea 
But it just means again we're going back to sensationalizing uh, the mental institution and the mental the treatment for people with mental health problems for our freakish entertainment and and I am scared. I mean, God knows why Murphy's never gonna like push us into the right moral direction. Um, <laughs> but I am scared because he has friends, he's popular, and obviously this uh, this already got green lit for a second season. And I, I mean, this is this is a series where Ratchet uses lobotomy in order to like um, erase this person's memories and then save this other serial murderer from that's apparently like her secret brother or something and so she uses lobotomy as literally as a weapon against someone so that they can no longer be a, a viable witness uh, where are we going with this guys and it's just to me no but everybody deserves respect nobody's more deserving than the population in our society that is most vulnerable and that would be people with mental health problems So yeah, I'm just, I think we're going towards the wrong direction with Ratchet and hopefully something else, else comes along that actually treats the problem with a little bit more stability. Um, I do think that uh, besides, like you're right, like I also don't, <laughs> like I'm not positive with Ryan Murphy getting into those subjects, but I do think there's a lot, there's so much television right now <laughs> that there's a lot of contraposition. Like, for example, we have series like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which I think do a really good job, like dealing with mental health issues and not stigmatizing them, but actually yes. just understanding them as part show, of, like, yeah, of like a human being. So hopefully we create like a balance in Hollywood in these issues. Well, I want to uh, finish this episode by giving a little bit of my personal insight, <laughs> just like to, because I think mental health issues are very important and right now more than ever. Don't believe mental institutions. <laughs> I, I think psychology and like therapy is the best way to uh, deal with mental health issues and to uh, become better, like just not This contraposition between crazy people and normal people is very damaging. And I hope, like, films get over it and we have better representation in the future. Well, thank you for listening to our episode. And uh, this is Laura. This is Gabby. And I'm Mariana. Uh, join us next week for a new episode. And if you can, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Three Way Sunday, the three, the number. You can also write us at freewaysunday through the number at gmail.com. You can ask us questions or suggest a topic you would want us to discuss. And would you please rate us just, you know, five stars all the way? Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Bye. <laughs>